Hey, this is Jeremy Isaacs, lead pastor of Generations Church, where we want to live like it matters. For more information about our church, you can visit us at g.church. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thanks again for listening. So several years ago, I read a business book about entrepreneurs and the way that they find success. And the book was called Heart Smarts, Guts, and Luck. Now, none of the content that we're going to use over the next four weeks comes from this book. This is not a business series. This is a spiritual series from God's Word. But I was, I was drawn to the title as they really reflected on and they studied a number of entrepreneurs to find out how they found success. And they looked at people that led with heart. They led with passion. And then they looked at people that led with strategy. They led with their minds. They were contemplating plans all the time. They looked at people who just led with risk, like they just always seemed to take a risk and it seemed to pan out for them. And so they, it took guts for them to do what they did. And then they, they looked at some people that it just seemed like, man, they were just like the luckiest people on the earth. Like it seems like everywhere they turned, they were just in the right place at the right time all the time, right? And so they were looking at all of these various stories. And as I was thinking about that over the last few weeks and last few months, I was reflecting on some conversations that I've had recently where some people have asked me, like, how do you know the will of God? Like, how do you know what it is that God is trying to do in and through your life? Like, what are the plans of God and how do I know that? Now, I believe that right up front, I need to to make a statement that you probably know, maybe you've heard it, maybe you think it, but you're just not quite sure. And it goes something like this. God has a plan for your life. Like God has a plan for your life, whether you're 15 or 75, whether you're single or married. uh, It doesn't matter what your lot in life is. If you have breath in your lungs today, God has a plan for you. And I don't want you to miss that because if we're going to talk all series long about this idea, it is important that you recognize that God has something special and something unique for you to do. And so when I'm talking about heart smarts, guts, and luck, I'm not talking about entrepreneurs today necessarily. You can definitely apply this. But I am definitely talking about how does God accomplish his plans in our life? Like, how does God accomplish that plan that he has for you in our lives? Like, do we have free will? Are we just puppets on a string and God just orchestrates all the moves and unfortunately we're just left to kind of do whatever he says? Or is there something that we get to do in all of this. So hearts, smart, guts, and luck. And I think for all of us, we, we might have an affinity towards one of these. We might have an idea of how we're structured or how we're wired or how God uses us as we think back on the patterns of our lives and we see God orchestrating things in and through us. But I think it's important for all of us to recognize that no matter where you find yourself in heart, smarts, guts, and luck, God uses all of these pieces to accomplish his plan in your Life. So today I want to look at the first one. I want to look at heart. Now, for the purposes of what we're talking about, I'm not necessarily referring to the blood pumping organ in your chest cavity. I'm really talking about the center of your affection and your desires. Now, I I remember as a young boy, I remember my dad talking about how my grandmother, his mother, who's since passed on, uh, had him begin memorizing scripture as a child. And one of the scriptures that his mom made him memorize and that he could quote uh, was, was Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Some of you can quote it as well. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, it says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Now, this is the translation that I'm reading here, and maybe you can quote it in a different translation. Maybe you've heard it in a different translation, but this is kind of our theme verse for the entire series of all four weeks, because if you look at this, keep that up there for just a second, guys. Throw that scripture up and leave it there. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
right? Heart. Lean not in your own understanding. Smarts. Seek his will in all you do. There's some, there's some guts required in seeking after and chasing after the will of God, the plan of God, and he will show you the path to take. This is kind of that luck piece. It's the providence of God, the sovereignty of God. We're going to be guided by this passage of Scripture over all four weeks as we unpack what it looks like for God to accomplish his plans in our lives. So what role do we have? What role do we have, what role do you have in accomplishing the plans of God for your life, for the plans that God has over you? Like, do you have any role in this, or are you, again, just kind of the, 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 the puppet on the end of the string? I mean, ultimately, doesn't God give us the desires of our heart? You can, you can nod yes or no if you think that's in the Bible. Is, it, is that in the, that God gives us the desires of our heart? Some of you are like, I don't, I, don't, I don't think you should call on me. I don't really know how to answer that one right? Yeah, it's actually in there. Psalm 37, 4 says this, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. What does your heart desire? What is it that you desire right now? Maybe you desire more money in the bank account. Maybe you desire for COVID to be eradicated from the earth. Maybe you desire a new job. Maybe you desire a vacation, Maybe you desire a relationship that's lacking in your life. Maybe you desire purpose. You're just not really sure what it looks like to live life on purpose because you've tried that and you can't really figure out how to like find the kind of fulfillment that it seems like everybody else in your life has. Maybe you desire a more fulfilling marriage if you're married. You look at other couples and it just seems like they've figured out the cheat code, right? They figured out how to make this thing work and it seems like they love one another and they actually love spending time with each other. And you you do kind of sometimes that you want to be with your spouse. And so you're trying to, maybe you desire that your kids would grow up into a loving relationship with God and that they would love you. And as they get older, they would actually want to have a relationship with you even beyond childhood. And what are the desires of your heart? I think it's important to start there and to go, okay, I have some desires. I have some thoughts. And there's thousands and thousands of other things that it could be that I haven't even referenced today. What are those desires? And then how does that play into what God is asking of us? Well, look at the very first part of Psalm 37.4. It says, take delight in the Lord. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Now, maybe this is the most preacher thing I could say, but I'm a preacher, so I don't know what you want me to say. So here's the deal. This to me says that to take delight in the Lord requires me to eventually delight in the things that God delights in, right? If I take delight in the Lord, then I am actually delighting in God, and I'm delighting in who he is, and I'm delighting in the things that capture his attention, and I'm delighting in the things that get his affection, And the more that I take delight in God, the more my heart reflects his heart. And God gives me those desires because we are in alignment. I believe with all of my heart, as it relates to all of us who are Jesus followers or in search of, in process of becoming a Jesus follower, that for all of us, what it looks like is to get our hearts in alignment with the heart of God. Before we can get our assignment, we got to get in alignment, right? And so we're asking, like, what is God's will? What is God's plan? And I would say to you, God's plan begins by getting my heart in alignment with God's heart. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desire. And so it causes me to question, okay, well, what are those desires? And we talked about several of them. How many of those things does God also delight in? How many, does, how many of those things does God also desire for my life? And how many of the things that I'm desiring 
do not have any part in the story of God in me. Now, I think, here's what I've said for a long, long time, okay? As I read through Scripture, I think there are moments when God absolutely, 100%, without a doubt, says, you have to take this one step to be in my plan. Like, there's only one way. You got to go right here. Don't go left, don't go right. Go right here. It's kind of like, and I've used this example, and some of you have been there, maybe even recently, but like, when you're in the Grand Canyon, I've never been there, I've read a bunch of books, seen a bunch of pictures, watched some movies about it, but when you're in the Grand Canyon, it is very, very wide in some parts, and then in other places it narrows up as you're kind of making your way out, or you're going through places there, in part of the Northern Rim especially, and so you come to these places where you, you, you have to like really specifically walk this way to keep going in the, in the direction that you're, you're supposed to go, and so it's like, God's will in that moment is to take one step in front of the other. Like, this is the way I have to go. But in other places, it's so wide. It's the grace of God that God says, hey, you want to go here or here? You choose. You, you can do either. Neither one of those dishonor me. Both of these could honor me. Both of these just kind of fit within the, the, the grace of God over your life. And so the answer is, if you're trying to choose this or that, yes. You choose. And so then my role is to determine, am I at that grace-filled wide place or am I at that very narrow place where I know this is the only step that I can take? I think that begins with taking delight in the Lord. God is not trying to keep good things from you. Matthew chapter 7, verse 11 says that even evil people, even sinners, give good gifts to their children. How much more would our Heavenly Father give good gifts to His children? God desires to give you good things. God desires to bless you and give you His favor over your life. But I don't want you to misunderstand the point of this series and the point of even today's message. Today's message is not that you get everything you want. That would be awesome, right? And if that's what you came for, you're going to need to find a new church because that's not what I'm saying today, right? It's not that you get everything that you want, but it is that when I delight in God, he gives me the desires of my heart. And to really understand this a little more, I, I want to I look at the role that heart plays in the plans of God by looking at an Old Testament story. It's one of my favorite stories in all of the Bible. It's found in the book of Nehemiah. If you've got a Bible, you can flip there with me. Uh, the book of Nehemiah is actually kind of about halfway or maybe closer to two-thirds of the way through the Old Testament, but in chronological order, the book of Nehemiah comes last in the story of the Old Testament saints. And so the major and minor prophets that kind of conclude much of the Old Testament writings, if you laid them over in chronological order, they would lay over top of the narrative, and the story of Nehemiah is at the close of the Old Testament narrative. And so Nehemiah chapter 1, we come to this place where Nehemiah is serving the king. He's serving King Artaxerxes. And he hears a story that breaks his heart. Look at this in Nehemiah chapter 1, beginning in verse 2. Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile, and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Now the reason that I wanted to start here is because God's plan that we, 
we would see clearly his plan. If you read through this entire story, and I'm going to ruin it for you, they rebuild the walls in 52 days after, after Nehemiah arrives. But God's plan here is that the walls would be rebuilt and the city of God and the people of God would be restored in the way that God is orchestrating the story of these people. And that's awesome. But God could have done it himself. God could have snapped and walls went up. I mean, if you read through the stories of Genesis, you see that he created the heavens and the earth. He created light and separated it from darkness with one word, with one command, let there be light. Boom, there was light. God could have said, let there be walls. And there would have been walls, right? God could have chosen to use the people of Jerusalem. They were there, they were living there. Like it was their walls, it was their city. And he could have said, hey, here's what we're gonna do. Everybody get up tomorrow, bring all your tools. We're going to rebuild the wall. Like that would have been a great plan. That would have been a great story. And yet what we read in the book of Nehemiah is that God chose to use a man who was a distance away serving for a different king. And he gets word of the condition of the walls and of the people. And what does he immediately do? He weeps. His heart was broken because of the condition of the people of God, his brothers and sisters in the city of God. He wept. What was the last thing you wept for? Like, what was the last thing that captured your heart so much that you were overcome with emotion? You, you, were, you were literally, like, overcome. You, it didn't say, and he cried. He wept. It, it, it spilled out of his soul because of the anguish that he felt. And then what did he immediately do after this outpouring of emotion? He fasted and he prayed. He was moved and he was moved to action. Now, when I read through this, I I tend to think like, you know what he should have done? He should have immediately come up with a plan. He should have thought strategy-wise. He should have thought, okay, here's the deal. The king, he can give me supplies. He can let me go for a season. We can build this thing up. I know some guys that could come and help. He could have immediately jumped into strategy, but he didn't jump into strategy. He could have immediately said, you know what? I've got a little, I've got a little power and a little credibility. I've got a little charisma. You know, the king likes me, and other people probably like me too. So I could probably network and bring some people together that could get this job done, but he didn't start there either. He started with a burden. He started with a burden. What are you burdened for? If God's going to accomplish his plans in your life, I believe it starts with a burden. And the question for all of us today is, what are you burdened for? I was telling a pastor friend of mine this week, and he was talking about his city, and he was talking about the condition of the people in his community around his church. And I said, I I can't speak for everyone, but here's what I've done in different seasons of ministry. I just go and put myself in the city. I just drive through our town. I drive through our community. I go and sit in places of business and central places, and I pray this prayer. God, would you break my heart for what breaks yours here in our town? God, would you give me a burden for what you're burdened about here in our community? It doesn't start with strategy. It doesn't start with charisma. It doesn't start with relationships. It starts with a burden. What breaks your heart? If you want to see God accomplish his plans in your life, you need to say, God, would you capture my heart with the things that are capturing yours? 
And I believe when we start with a burden, strategy comes, relationships come, the people come, all of the resources come. It all comes when it starts with a burden. So God, would you break my heart for what breaks yours? Let's keep reading Nehemiah chapter 2, beginning in verse 2. I had not been sad, this is Nehemiah now going before the king, I had not been sad in his presence before, so the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you're not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, may the king live forever, why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Then the king said to me, what is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven. And I answered the king, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city of Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. Then the king with the queen sitting beside him asked me, how long will your journey take and when will you be back? And it pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. Now it's like, why are we reading this? We already got the burden part. We already, okay, he he was burdened. He was brokenhearted. I got it. I don't understand. But the next part is key here. Because if we just stopped with what breaks our heart, we would never move into action. We are exposed to more information right now in a single moment than some people that lived before us experienced in an entire lifetime. You can turn on any device and you can see things that are happening in real time on the other side of the world. And it's easy for our hearts to break. It's easy to be burdened for the things that are happening somewhere else. It's easy for us to be captured with passion and affection towards things that we see with our eyes. But how many of those things actually compel us to do something about it? If we want God's plans to come alive in our hearts and in our lives, it cannot just be, my heart breaks for this. I am burdened for this. I'm sad about this. I'm crying about this present condition. There must also be something that rises up within us that says, I must do something about it. Now, if you understand anything about this culture, for Nehemiah to go to King Artaxerxes and say, I want to leave your presence, I want to leave your house, and I want to leave your service, was punishable by death. I mean, his role was really, he actually got to taste the food and drink the wine before the king did. If he was, he was as close to the king as almost anyone else. He was in his presence when he was eating meals and, and leaning back at the table and reclining. Like he was so close. You did not ask to leave the king. The king could ask you to leave. The king could sentence you to death for no reason. But you didn't ask. And yet he prayed because of his burden. And he walked in with what the king described as a sadness of heart. And then the scripture tells us, he prayed and asked the Lord and he said, if it pleases the king. And he began to lay out what was happening. And again, I've already told you the end of the story. I'm going to resolve it for you. They're going to go. They're going to send him. The king's going to give him letters for safe passage and resources that he needs. He's going to rally the people together after he rides around the city to capture more of the burden for what's happening to develop a strategy. They're going to rebuild the walls. It's going to be awesome. But it started with a burden that compelled him to action. God's plan for your your life is not that you just get sad about sad things. God's plan for your life is not just that you feel something towards something that deserves being felt. It is, God, would you break my heart and then put me in position to say yes to you to do something about it? Maybe not by myself. Maybe not by, I can't give all the blood that everybody needs, right? That's impossible, but I can give some blood. I can't enrich every 
child in my life, but I can find ways to enrich a child in my life. I can't serve everybody's neighbor, but I can serve my neighbor. I can't give money to every person in need, but I can give money to some person in need. God, break my heart and then let me do something with that. This is the story of God at work in our lives. He captures our hearts. But if I'm being honest, and I told you just a minute ago, this series is not just about what's in your heart. Because here's what I know about me. I won't indict you. Here's what I know about me. My heart sometimes contains some nasty things, evil things. Things that aren't of God. They're just my desires. They're just my things that I want. And I can't just take them to God and go, God, would you bless these things? God, would you do these things? Because this is what I want. This is really what I want. I have to start by delighting in the Lord. We spent some time over the last few weeks talking about the greatest commandment, the idea that we would love God with all of our heart. All, 100%. Holding nothing back. And every time I read that, I'm reminded that I've still got some work to do because there's some places of all of my heart that don't belong to him yet. Maybe you find yourself in a similar place. What we just read from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. There's some places where I'm not trusting God yet with my heart. There's some places I'm still trying to hold on to my own ability to solve the problems and my own ability to do the things and my own understanding to figure it all out. But if I trust in the Lord with all of my heart and I love God with all of my heart and I'm delighting in the Lord with my heart, then I can take my desires and say, God, these are my desires. I'm asking you, God, to break my heart for what breaks yours. I'm asking you, God, to do the things in and through me that you desire. And if you're just not sure, you're like, well, I mean, I think, I think I'm pretty close. I think I might be there. Like, I think my heart is reflective of the heart of God. And so I'm trying to figure out, is that true? Here's some great filtering things. I'm just going to kind of disrupt your world for a second. The Bible, right? Luke chapter 6, verse 45. It says this to all of us. It says, The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you're not sure the condition of your heart, just kind of do a, a vocabulary inventory. Just do a conversation inventory. What are we talking about right now? Our conversations give us a great window into the condition of our heart. The good in our hearts produce good, or the evil in our hearts produce evil, because out of the abundance, out of that overflow of what is in our heart, what we have given to God, is what comes out of us, and that's what we speak. And I've used this illustration before, but if I were to take my phone, and I were to put it in my pocket right here, and I turned on the audio recorder, and I just put it where the microphone was here, and I just recorded my conversation all day long, and I went back and listened to it. Am I speaking hope? Am I speaking life? Am I speaking death? Am I speaking fear? Am I speaking worry? Am I speaking dissension? Am I speaking truth? Am I speaking love? Am I speaking life and life-giving words to those around me? Out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth speaks. One of the things that Corey and I are doing as we, as we raise our children, 
We say to them from time to time when their actions don't match what they say, they'll go, I, I didn't mean that. No, no, I didn't, I didn't do that. That's not what I was thinking. I said, listen, actions speak louder than words. Who you are, how you act, what you do, ultimately comes back to your heart. So it could be that rather than just trying to fix the, the symptom on the outside, you, you fix the condition on the inside. God, would you capture my heart? And if you're just not sure, if you're just not sure where to start, you pray the prayer found in 139, Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24 that says this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Search me, O God. You want to talk about a courageous prayer to pray. God, search me. Know my heart, my thoughts. If there's anything in me that offends you, anything that offends you, God, before I can actually ask God to use my heart and the desires of my heart to accomplish his will in my life, I need to make sure that my heart is right. I need to make sure that my heart reflects his heart toward me and towards the people that I interact with and towards the people that I disagree with and the people that disagree with me. I need to say, God, would you capture my heart, break my heart, cleanse my heart, search me, oh God, and know my heart. And then I say, God, as my heart more and more reflects you, would you give me the desires of my heart? I have some things I'm burdened for. I have some things I'm passionate about. God, would you, would you take those passions, take that burden, and use it to accomplish your plans, your plans, your plans in my life. Capture my heart, oh God. So two guiding questions to take with us this week. Here's the first one. Have I given God my whole heart? Not just have I given him some of my heart. Have I given God my whole heart? Love the Lord God with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Have I given God my whole heart? And then the second question is this. What am I passionate about? What, is that, what are the desires of my heart? What am I burdened for? As I give God my whole heart, then I look inside of myself and go, God, what is in my heart that you, you created, you formed, you are forming? God, take those things that are inside of my heart and use them to accomplish your purposes and your plan and your will for my life. Have I given God my whole heart? And then what am I passionate about? And can I just say this to you? I, it's not in my notes. I put it in there and I took it out and I put it in there and I took it out. I probably should have just left it in there. There are seasons of time when God asks you to stay in something you don't love. There are. Because God may be using that season to create something in you, form something in you, forge something in you. There are seasons of time when God uses moments of 
of tests and trials. And you go, man, I would never have chosen this. And yet I know beyond any shadow of a doubt, God is using these moments and redeeming these moments for his purposes. But I also believe that sometimes, and we're going to talk about this in two weeks, so I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I believe there are some times when we stay in seasons like that because we're afraid. And I believe that if your heart beats for the things that God's heart beats for, and if, if your life is set in a, in a course and a trajectory that is in the direction of God's plans and God's purposes and the fulfillment of God in your life, that God may just be asking you to take a step of faith into areas that you are passionate about and burdened for. And the only thing holding you back is fear. And maybe this week, or maybe in the coming weeks, you allow these messages from God's word to really solidify in your heart that maybe it's time to take a step. It starts with giving my whole heart to God and then asking myself and asking God, God, what am I burdened for? What am I passionate about? Would you put me in a spot to work on that, to live for that? I'm gonna ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. Just in a moment of personal reflection, I say that every week. This is not about anything but you and God searching your heart. If you would say to me today, Jeremy, for me, I need to give God my whole heart. I know that's my next step. I need to ask him to forgive my sins and to lead my life, to be my Lord from this point forward. I know that's me. Would you just lift your hand if you're in the room right here? Lift your hand. Thank you so much. If you're watching online today, drop that in the comments. Click the link that's there. Let us know you've responded so we can pray for you. Now, if you'd say to me, Jeremy, for me, I'm asking God to illuminate the passions and burdens again in me. I want my heart to break for the things that God's heart breaks for. I want to identify those areas of passion and I want to pursue those so that God can accomplish his plans in my life. And I want to be intentional about it. If that's you, would you just lift your hand right where you're at? Thank you so much. If you're online, again, drop us a note right there. Let us know so we can pray for you. Let's pray together. God, we love you today. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for the chance to gather together in person and online. God, we don't take it for granted. We might have taken it for granted earlier this year, but we don't take it for granted that we can gather together. And so, God, we thank you for these moments of worship and prayer and response to you. So, God, now I pray for every person that lifted their hand today to say, capture my whole heart, God. I give my heart to you, forgive my sins, and be my Lord from this moment forward. God, we believe that you can change eternity right now, and we believe that you're doing that for those in this room and online today. God, we thank you now for salvation. This free gift. We don't have to earn it. We just have to receive it. It's the completed work of Jesus and the cross. So God, thank you for that. And God, now I pray for every person that lifted their hands to say, I want to find that passion and that burden again. I want the plans of God to be accomplished in and through my life. And so God, would you break our hearts today? Give us a burden. Give us a passion. Let us chase after you with our whole heart. And God, let us do the things that we find fulfillment in as we take delight in you, God, and you bless us with your favor today. God, we thank you for all of these things. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. I'm going to ask you to stand today. We're going to sing a song in response. It's an older song. The words will be on the screen. We invite you right where you're at, at home or in the room, just to sing along with us. It goes something like this. It says, Lord, you have my heart. Sing it out. Lord, you have my heart. 
And I will search for yours. Jesus, Jesus, take my life and lead me on. Sing it again. Lord, you have my heart. Lord, you have my heart. And I will search for yours. Let me be to you a sacrifice and I will praise you Lord lift it up and I will praise you Lord and I will sing of love come down as you show your face and as you show today. Let's sing, Lord, I give you my heart. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you. it up one more time. Lord, I give you. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my incredible there's a reason that that pastor jeremy does those moments and i don't though because i don't sound incredible but what a great day today you know when i think about that statement of like what breaks my heart what what does my heart long for what is my heart burdened for you know there's so much of of what we do here at generations church through our legacy makers giving that is that has heartfelt needs from pastor jeremy from our staff you know when i think about our missions partners around the world. You know, I think about art church planning here in the States where we've partnered with art. And so we're going in and we're helping pastors around the nation to plant churches in communities that their heart breaks for. When I think about our missions partners globally, I think about Johnny Moore and all that Johnny does in Southeast Asia of planting churches and, and starting schools and training kids and training pastors. I think about in Guatemala, Casa Shalom, our orphanage that we've partnered with that goes into these desolate remote villages and takes out kids that are homeless and alone and scared and brings them in and clothes them and feeds them. And so when I think about the heartfelt needs, I thank you for giving towards those needs to allow us to do the ministry that we do those heartfelt needs, the things that tug on our heartstrings, that we can say we can make a difference in the life of that person. We can't change everything, but with these people, we're going to make a difference. And so today, as we go to give, remember that every week you have the ability to give towards legacy makers. And when you give towards church ministries or tithes, it goes to fund the ministry that takes place within the four walls of this building. And so it allows us to do Sunday mornings. 
It allows us to do Wednesday nights with our youth and with our kids upstairs. And as we launch kids back, it allows us to minister to those kids and to see students and kids come to have a relationship with Jesus. But then when you give towards Legacy Makers, the above your tithe and offering, it allows us to take whatever money is given to go into the world and say, God, we want to affect change in church planning. We want to affect change in Southeast Asia. We want to affect change in remote villages in Guatemala. And so thank you so much for your giving towards those things that allows us to do the ministry and to have the reach and the touch and the heart that we have here at Generations Church. You have several ways that you can give today. If you're watching online or in the room, you can see all of these ways here. You can text to give, text that number 84321. Any amount you can text to that number. You can go to the Church Center app that you can download on your smartphone. Once you get your account created, you have the ability to do a lot of things, but you can give through that, or you can go to the website g.church and give there. For the people that are in the room, you have the ability to also give when you go out the double doors. At the end of service, you can give right there at the giving box in the lobby before you go out today. But I want to thank all of you for being with us. I want to thank our online campus for being with us today. We hope that you have a great day, and God bless you and your family at this time. Thanks again for listening. If today's message was an encouragement to you, we invite you to share it with your friends and family. Maybe subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It just helps us spread the word about what God's doing here at Generations Church. For more information about the church, visit us at g.church. Have a great day, and God bless.